and I want to thank you for the privilege of being here. I was looking around, everything looks familiar. I love the contemporary worship. I'm delighted of how it's going. I'm so delighted to have such a great pastor and leader as Chris Montgomery here. Uh, his sermons are just unbelievably good. I learn so much every time I come and his leadership. And then the pastoral staff, when he's not here, that preach. This church is blessed with extremely great teachers and preachers. The music, uh, gosh, with Jared and uh, with Jordan, it's uh, just an inspiration every Sunday. And then with the great staff. So thank you so much for giving me this privilege of coming and sharing in this, uh, in this time together. Uh, my ministry has sort of taken a different turn. I've been doing leadership ministry. had a chance to train about 12,000 pastors since retiring 14 years ago. But a couple of years ago, sort of turned a little different direction with digital ministry. And if on the back of your card, you'll find an outline there. But there are several things that I do that you can connect with every morning on multiple radio stations. And then we do it for Instagram and Facebook. I do a one-minute devotional thought, which you can access. It shows you how here. Also, every day, I do a video for good news. We need good news in the day. And then every week, I do a blog, which a lot of newspapers carry. If you'd like to see it, it shows you here how to do that. And then every Monday morning, I do a professionally produced uh, video, which uh, is shown. Now, now, most of you are young enough to know how to do all of this stuff. In case you don't have grandkids around, this will tell you so that anybody can very easily accept. And if you sign up for something and don't like it, it's just real easy to hit one button and you can unsubscribe. But uh, I do appreciate that opportunity. We're reaching about 80,000 people a week, which is far greater than anything that I could do when I was traveling so much. So I hope, thank for your prayers for that. Uh, let us pray. Father, thank you for this privilege of being here. Thank you for this church. Thank you for its impact in my life. Thank you for the great leadership here, for the ministerial leadership, the lay leadership, and, oh, God, for this time of worship. Now, I pray that as we look at a song for every season, this is really for me, Lord, and if other people find some kind of application, may we do that. My prayer is that the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together would truly be acceptable in your sight. I pray in your name, amen. One of the most beautiful word pictures comes from the 23rd chapter of the Psalms. The psalmist David talked about this relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. Now, it's important because 80 other times in the Bible, it's referred to as God is the shepherd and we're the sheep. And that creates an inner dynamic that teaches us a lot about how to live every day for every season of life. Now, we have seasons. I know physically we have summer and winter and fall. I mean, and those who have trouble sometimes knowing exactly which we're in. It's awfully hot here in Montgomery, but in North Alabama, in some places, they had snow last night. Different seasons produce different results. You might be in a season today where <clears throat> everything is going your way. Everything you do is turning out good. You might be on a mountaintop, and that's a great season. Your health might be good. Your family might be good. 
Your finances might be excellent. God is just blessing you, and there's that season. But let me say to you that sometimes that season doesn't last, and we go through other seasons. Sometimes things don't work out financially. Sometimes what we're doing in terms of employment is not working. Do you realize that following the pandemic this past year, three out of five people who had gotten new jobs are now just saying, I'm looking for another job. You just can't find exactly where you're supposed to be. That season of indecision, a season when things are not going well in the family. Whatever season you're in right now, I want to propose to you that the 23rd Psalm is a song for that season. Now, Psalm is a song, and I want you to look at this. Can we walk through it together? You have an outline, and you can fill in those blanks as we walk through. I want you to understand what this song means to us. Now, it begins by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, notice it didn't say the Lord is a shepherd. Didn't say the Lord is the shepherd. It says the Lord is my shepherd. Now get this, if you don't understand this premise, you won't understand any of the rest of the psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. That intimate relationship that exists between sheep and the shepherd. For example, God loves us. He cares for us. He knows us by name. He knows our voice. We know his voice. If you ever go to the Israel, the first time I went, I figured, well, they don't have shepherds over here. They'll probably hire some folks to look like shepherds. So us folks from Alabama can say we saw shepherds. You go around Jerusalem and throughout Bethlehem, you have to stop oftentimes for the sheep and the shepherds to come through. Now, here's what's interesting about sheep. Shepherds never tag sheep. They never brand them. The way you determine to whom a sheep belongs Depends on whether the sheep knows the shepherd's voice. For example, four or five shepherds will bed down their sheep together. And at night, when they get up the next morning, one shepherd starts walking along. And as he starts talking, all his sheep recognize his voice and they get up and follow him. Nobody else's sheep would follow the wrong voice. That's why this passage is so vividly popular to teach us a lesson. God is the shepherd. We're the sheep, and we need to know that relationship. Now, again, if you don't know him as your shepherd, the rest of this won't make sense, but I guarantee you, if you know him as your shepherd, I want to show you what this psalm says to us about whatever season you're in now and whichever season you will enter. Now, three things, if you'll walk along with me. First, in verse 2, it shows us that God guides us. God guides us. Say that with me. God guides us. Say that. Let's try that again. Say it. Now, look where he does. Three different places. It says that he guides us to the green pastures. Now, sheep have to have green pastures. Around Israel, it's very arid. It's desert. It's mostly just <clears throat> barren. A little sheep cannot get up in the morning and say, I need to find me some green pastures. Sheep can't see but about eight feet in front of them. And they have no way from a slow, such a small altitude to find out where the green pastures are. Sheep will go get lost trying to find green pastures. What's the purpose of the shepherd? He leads the sheep to the green pastures. 
Let me tell you what creates anxiety. It's for us to go out and feverishly look for some place where we can find some peace. You know where peace comes from? It's when we say, God, you know where the green pastures are. Now, guide me and I'm ready to follow. Anxiety is getting frustrated that you can't find it. Peace is simply following where he's leading. Now, the second thing, he leads us to still waters. <coughs> now, sheep, sheep can't drink from water that's running very rapidly. Their noses are so constructed that they'll drown. So when you find water, now think about it, if it's in the desert, there's not a lot of water. But not only do you find water, you've got to find a special kind of water, a water that's still so that a sheep can put his head in and can drink and be satisfied. You know, today, we, we need to have the kind of peace that comes from green pastures and still waters. Sometimes people tell me, well, John Ed, you don't understand. The way I live, life is a rat race. Let me tell you, if life is a rat race for you and you win, all that makes you is number one rat. <laughs> Some people say, well, it's just a rut. I get in every day. If life for you is a rut, the only difference in a rut and a grave is the difference in the depth of the two. Now, let me give you some good news. God wants to guide you to the still waters and guide you to the green pastures. And then look, it says in verse 3, he wants to guide you to the right path, the paths of righteousness. Now, now just think about it for a minute. Uh, you've got all these sheep. When they get up and start walking, it's just dirt. Now, wherever they begin to walk, there's a path. And if some go that direction, they make a path, or a path here, or a path there. When sheep just walk on dirt, they make paths. Now, if a sheep gets up in the morning and says, I'm going to look for the right path today, he gets frustrated by all the paths available. You know, one of our problems in society today, there's so many different philosophies that are saying, hey, believe like I do. Let me show you the path. Now, what the shepherd wants to do is to guide us to the right path. You want to be anxious and worry and frustrated? Then you try to figure out the paths. If you want peace, then you have to submit and say, Father, show me where the paths are, and I want to walk in those paths. So the first thing is that God guides us. Now, secondly, not only does God guide us, <clears throat> but beginning there with the third verse, God provides for us. Now, you see, if the Lord's my shepherd, what did David say? I don't want for anything. God's going to give me everything I need. Let me show you how well God provides for us. First in verse 6, he provides when our souls need restoring. Now, now what happens to sheep? When they get up, they can't see very well and and sometimes a little sheep may get up in the morning and start looking for grass, and he finds a clump here. Then he finds a clump over here. Then he sees another clump over here. And then finally he looks up, and he doesn't recognize anybody. He's lost. Now, he didn't intentionally get lost. He was just looking for grass. All we like sheep go astray. Saw a cartoon the other day. It showed two sheep that were lost. And one of them said to the other one, all we like humans go astray. 
That's what we humans do. We see something, and we pursue another path, and we just get lost. You see, we take the wrong path, and then what does a shepherd do? Whenever he counts the sheep at night, if everyone's not present, the shepherd leaves all the sheep that are present and accounted for and goes and looks until he finds a sheep that needs restoring and brings it back. Can I say to you this morning, I don't know where you are in your life. It's easy sometimes to drift. Sometimes it's easy just to get lost. And when that happens... There's only one person who can bring us back and restore us. And that's the forgiven Lamb of God who is the great shepherd. Now, let me remind us. Sheep don't get lost intentionally. You, usually, we don't get lost intentionally. We don't start off on a trip and say, you know, my goal today is see if I can get lost. <laughs> but I tell you, you can get lost pretty easily. Let me say about drugs. And I appreciate this church and what's going to be done in the health seminar. Uh, there's such a drastic need today for good mental health. So many people have turned to alcohol and drugs. You know, I've never in my life met a person who's addicted to drugs who said, you know, first time I tried it, I said, I want to see if I can become addicted. You don't do that. You just try it. And it leads to something else and something else then all of a sudden you become addicted. Same thing is true of alcohol. Same thing is true of divorce. Right here at the altar of this church, I've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of weddings. I have never had a wedding where a couple, couple stood here and said, you know, John Ed, let me tell you, our goal is to get divorced. Nobody gets married to have a goal of getting, you know why you get divorced? One thing leads to another thing leads to another thing, leads to something else. And inadvertently and unintentionally, we wander like sheep. Can I tell you what brings anxiety? It's to try to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and say, I'm going to beat this. Let me tell you what will bring peace. When you say, shepherd, I need restoring. Please come and help me. Now, the second place that he provides, verse 4, is in Death Valley. Whenever we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, now death is a tough thing. I've had a lot of funerals. People usually ask me when somebody dies, did he die suddenly? Everybody dies suddenly. There's no other way to die. You hear one second, you go on the next. Everybody dies suddenly. And you don't know when that is. Uh, Renee Hubbard helps with our taxes, and uh, she's a marvelous person. And a couple of years ago, she called me, and one of the most shocking calls I've ever gotten, she says, John Ed, I need some information. I said, what's that? She said, what's your expiration date? <laughs> now, that's a tough question for an 82-year-old. I said, she said, what I mean is, look at your driver's license. <laughs> well, what, what is your expiration date on your driver's license? Let me tell you, friends, everybody's got an expiration date. Don't know when it is, but I can tell you that when it happens, you can't lick death by yourself. The only way you can be victorious at death is through him who conquered death and rose again. Even through that, he said, he follows us. He comforts us. 
He gives strength. And, and you're going to face death in your family. You're going to face friends. We see it every day. How do you handle it? Can I say if you're in the season of life where you've lost a loved one, let me tell you the song for you is that he's going to be with you through the valley of the shadow of death. And then the last thing that he leads us into the enemy's table. Uh, wherever the enemy is, we, we're going to prepare a table for us. And it's at that table that we can discover how we can forgive and how we can be reconciled to other people. You know the best way to get rid of an enemy? is forgive them into being a friend. Now, forgiveness doesn't change the past, but it always changes the future. So God provides. Now, I'd ask you a question. How much does God provide? What does it say? My cup is 95% full. My cup is 98% full. What does it say? My cup is... Say it again. You mean, run it? God will provide more than anything that we could ever need. So now let me go to the last thing. You want a song for this season? It means that God abides with us. Look at verse 6. Anything we do, he says, surely goodness and mercy. Isn't that good company to keep every day? When you wake up in the morning, just say, goodness and mercy. Hey, thank you for being with me today. Goodness. What if our world functioned with goodness as our partner. Mercy. Lynn and I had our pictures made for the picture director, and I told the photographer, man, do me justice. <laughs> he said, Reverend, you don't need justice. You need mercy. <laughs> hey, I really do need mercy. We all need mercy. And then look at verse 6. He abides with us all the days. Didn't say some of them. He didn't say, now, if things are going right or certain, all the day. You know what all means? It means all. Every day. If you ever live a day that when you spell it, it doesn't end in Y, maybe God's not with you. But if it ends in Y, he's going to abide with you. And the last thing, verse 6, we will dwell forever. Now, get this dwell. I'm going down to Ozark. Wednesday night. I'm speaking at the National Day of Prayer Thursday morning. They said, you've got to come Wednesday night and spend the night at a hotel here because the breakfast is at 630 uh, Thursday morning. Now, when I get down there, I'm not a citizen of Ozark. I'm a tourist. I'm a temporary person who's there. I'll be there Wednesday night. And I'll be leaving Thursday morning. Now, listen, God's not going show us heaven temporarily he's not going to just give us a glimpse of it he says you're going to dwell that means to live completely and fully in heaven you can dwell forever in the house of the Lord you want a song for any season whatever you end today I think this is it you can either have anxiety and worry or you can have peace and it's because we know who God is guiding us. We are submissive to how he provides for us. And we know that he's going to abide with us. Now, in preparing this, I was thinking about, you know, sometimes we preachers, we talk about something in the past, and that does occur. And we think about people that are away. 
I got to thinking about a friend of mine, a friend of mine who demonstrates this specifically. And he spoke at our men's ministry Thursday night a week ago. And what he said fit exactly what I was trying to say. And I heard his story. By the way, if you miss men's ministry, you miss something big. His name is Coach Jimmy Perry. 25 years ago in this church, he had to have a kidney transplant. And people prayed and unbelievably found a good donor, his brother, had a successful surgery, came back and became a great football coach, continued coaching. Uh, then after that, a few years later, he and his wife Judy were down at the beach and uh, he had a heart attack. They had to fly him to Birmingham for emergency surgery and he had four bypass. Now, 25 years today is a long time with a kidney transplant. And to coach football with four bypasses. And then, not too long ago, he went to Birmingham for his checkup about his kidney transplant. It was on a Friday before Thanksgiving. On the way to Birmingham, Jimmy got a call from the Alabama High School Association, Athletic Association, said, Jimmy, congratulations. You've just been selected for the Hall of Fame for Alabama. Wow. Hall of Fame. That, that's a season of joy. Then a few hours later in the doctor's office, he said, Mr. Perry, I got some bad news for you. We found cancer, clear cell kidney cancer that's no cure for that. And then all of a sudden, he went from a season of joy to a season of, how am I going to deal with this? He said, well, tell me about it. He said, well, I'm going to be honest with you. You only have two and a half months to live. All the way driving back, Jim and Judy, Jimmy and Judy, they didn't say much. The next week was Thanksgiving. Now, can you imagine sitting at the Thanksgiving table with your kids and grandkids and you just watch them and you think, wow, this is the last time I'll do this. How do I make the most of it? And then just after that Christmas, and at Christmas to see them opening presents, and he'd never get to see that again. You see, the verdict was out two and a half months. And finally, just after Christmas, he and Judy said, you know, I'm not going to keep living like this. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust him completely. And if I live, I'm going to live to him. If I die, I'm going to be with him forever. And I'm going to trust him completely. So then two months after that, he went back. It was really a temporary appointment. The doctor didn't think he'd ever be back. But he did. And when he went in and checked him, he came back and he said, do you mind if I run some more tests? He said, why? He said, well, we've got a problem. I said, what's that? He said, I can't find all that cancer. He said, he said, what you been doing? He said, praying. And the doctor said, what you're doing is working a whole lot better than what I was doing. But he said, we're going to run one more test, and it's on DNA on different parts of your body, where we've got DNA. And he said, I want to be honest with you. There's only a 1% chance that you'll be clear. 1%. And Jimmy looked at him and said, Doc, one percent and God are good odds for me. And when they checked it, he was completely clear. Now you talk about a song for a season. 
You talk about believing in miracles. You talk about what God can do. Now, you know, that's a great story about somebody out there somewhere, isn't it? Let me tell you, Jimmy Perry is sitting in this congregation this morning. He wasn't supposed to be here. wasn't supposed to be alive. He's coaching football. He's making a difference in life. And I just ask him, Jimmy, I want you to stand me. I want to thank God because you're an example of what this whole psalm is about and your life demonstrates in the faith of your faithful wife, Judy. It pictures what the shepherd and the sheep and how that song can be. And I want to thank you for that. Would you stand up for me? Now, hang with me a minute. He wasn't supposed to be here today. But the good shepherd has healed him. And guess what? I just learned Tuesday is his birthday. And he didn't think he'd ever hear again happy birthday. So I'm going to sing a song. Would you sing it with me, a little song? There? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday I want to bow your head for a moment. I don't know where you are this morning. Are you trusting the shepherd completely? Oh, God, to guide you, to provide for you, to abide with you. God, you can't lose when you're the shepherd and we're the sheep. And God, you've got each of our names written in the palm of your hand. You got everybody here's picture on your refrigerator. You love us that much. And oh God, if there's things in our life right now, may this be a time of decision, a time where we trust you. God, may we submit. You're the shepherd and we're the sheep. In the awesome name of Jesus, in his name, Amen.